listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 159. Today, mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with founder at Playoff Dating App and former Division I basketball player Amanda McGrew to talk about how she overcame adversity while transitioning from high school to Division I basketball and how humility and preparation became the foundation of her success. Amanda shares the emotional and mental side effects of experiencing several knee injuries and how these experiences prepared her for her entrepreneurial journey. If you want to see how athletics can prepare an athlete for life after sport, then this is a must-listen-to episode. Are you ready to raise your game? 2021 is the year to increase your performance on and off the field. The Athlete's Edge Journal was designed to cultivate self-confidence and mental resilience through the power of sports psychology. Whether you are a professional athlete, a former college athlete, or have aspirations of greatness in the future, this journal is for you. Visit winthementalgame.com and use the promo code GRANTPAR20 to receive a 20% discount at checkout. Act now to take your mental game to the next level. What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. Hey, Amanda, how are you? I'm great, Grant. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, I'm excited. Uh, and I say this a lot when I'm on my show, but you know, always when I have pre-calls with my guests um, and I learn stuff about them, uh, your journey is really cool and your energy is really cool. And what you're doing, not only what you've learned from being an athlete and the journey that you went on as an athlete, as a basketball player, but how that's transformed or transitioned into what you're doing now with your dating app called Playoff. So uh, I'm gonna ask a lot of questions about your athletic background and also your mindset as an entrepreneur. Absolutely, let's, I feel like it's all kind of one and the same now. Let's do know, it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's get into it. Let's, let's talk about mental toughness. I know that throughout your career as a basketball player and some of the things that you had to deal with injury and, and deal with uh, transition from different levels of being a basketball player in different schools, when you think about mental toughness, uh, what does that mean to you? I think mental toughness, it, it's, it's changed. What, I, what it's meant to me has changed, I, honestly, throughout the years. I think now it means never wavering. I think mm -hmm. now it means staying the course regardless of what's in front of you. You know, every challenge in front of me is a challenge right now that I've never faced before um, in what I'm doing today. Mental toughness when I was younger definitely meant not letting anybody see any emotion. It meant not letting anybody see you sweat. And I definitely still find some value in that, but I have also realized that there's also an incredible value in vulnerability um, and, and being honest and, and being open with people and, and, you know, making those connections. So I think it's definitely shifted uh, in the, in the last decade, I would say, since, you know, going through college and graduating and, and, you know, 
having my career change and things like that. So I think now mental toughness is, is, you know, staying the course and never wavering no matter what is, is, is in front of you. You know, I love it because when I always ask that question, there's, I mean, we all know, especially being an athlete, we all know what that means, but everybody has a little bit different understanding or meaning of it, but no one's really talked about how, how their meaning or relationship with mental toughness has changed over time. And it, and it should, right. Because our experiences, you know, they form us. And so that's, that's super cool. So when you think about your athletic career and also your, your career now as an entrepreneur, can you share a specific time where you had to like roll up your sleeves, get mentally tough? Was there that moment in your career where you just had to dig your heels in? Yeah, I think uh, when I was in college, I can remember back to when I first, so I got a scholarship to play at the University of Rhode Island. I'm from Los Angeles. So I went across the country, um, went to go play. I was all like high on the hog. I was like, I'm going to play D1. I'm feeling really good, you know, whatever. And, and preseason comes. And I kind of had this moment where I was like, oh shit, everyone was the best in high school. Like everybody here was like <laughs> the one, right? Like, right. And, and I think I, I realized, you know, I, I, I was confident, but I don't think I was overly confident, but I think any athlete at that level has somewhat of an ego about themselves and an air about themselves. That's kind of, you know, confident in their abilities. And I think I just showed up and I realized like, oh, this is going to take a secondary level that I haven't, that I haven't been to yet in terms of my work ethic, in terms of my commitment, in terms of what I'm willing to do to separate myself from all the other amazing women out here, um, that I'm going to have to really kind of dig in, like you said. And I think it was like one preseason where I was one preseason workout. I I remember like leaving and thinking like, yeah, that's just not going to do it. Like, that's not going to cut it. Like, Mm. you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to ride the bench for the next four years. If this is what you're bringing to the table every day. Um, And there was like a conscious moment in my mind that was like, go to the gym later and get shots up, go do, you know, like go do extra, go do like put in more work. Um, and I'm so thrilled that that kind of light switch went off as opposed to seeing the the challenge or seeing what was in front of me and being like, Oh God, I got to run. Like I got, I got to go home or I got to get out of here or whatever. I mean, I think that moment was really defining for me. Um, because listen, I didn't become, I, I didn't become some all American or like a WNBA superstar, but in that moment, I knew like, there was more in there that I had to draw out that it was like mm-hmm. my job that no one was going to do it for me, you know? Right. And I think, um, I I'm, I'm thrilled that I was able to meet that challenge and kind of rise to that occasion. Um, and it's funny that even asking about a certain circumstance, it's like, why do you remember that day? And I, and I do very, very clearly. Right. It was really cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we, as we reflect on our journey, there's, there's those, whether if they're small or, or they're large major, there's these milestones that stick out that, um, that allow us to kind of see our development or allow us to switch in a different direction, you know, and, and I know this when I was playing football, you know, being really good in high school and then going to junior college and then going to division two, which, you know, you went from high school straight to, to D one, there's always these when you deal with the, the, the increase of levels of athletic, um, competition, there's just dynamics, there's better people, better mindsets. So when you were dominating in high school, what was one thing that you think, you know, you shared physically what you had to do, you had to get more reps in, right. Stay later, get in there early, but what did you have to do differently with your mindset to come kind of compete and make that transition from high school to D one? Yeah, I think I had to humble myself. And I think I had to realize that, 
you know, I, I had to study the game more. I had to, I had to, I had to take my mind, not just like you said, to the physical aspect of playing basketball. I had to like, think about what I was eating. I had to think about like how, like how much sleep I was getting and all the kind of the things that I, I don't think many athletes, at least at the very beginning, really want to focus on, because that's not the glory filled part. You know, that's right. not the part that's scoring points and winning games and winning championships. But it was definitely something that was important. The other thing was like wanting to wanting to be a leader. I want I wanted to be a leader and I was young coming in and I wanted people to look to me as an example. And I had to, I had to do all the right things to do that. I had to do all, I had to have all those intangible qualities. I had to be a great teammate. I had to, you know, have an amazing work ethic and have, you know, a positive attitude every day. Positive attitude every day is not that easy to have No. in in the middle of a, in the middle of a grind in the middle of the season, Um, especially, and I will say our team did not perform as well as our, our talent should have allowed us to. And we, we definitely underperformed. Um, so in the middle of a, of a not so great season, um, it wasn't great and it wasn't easy to, to be like, all right, guys, let's pick it back up. Like, you know, we got this tomorrow and everyone's looking at you like, all right, shut up. Like, right. you know, <laughs> so that, that was hard. Um, but I think that was the switch in, in, in high school to realize like, oh, you're, you're in charge of the ship, you know, like your people are looking at you and to know like your attitude and your mind, your attitude and your mindset is going to set the tone for this entire operation, you know? Mm. And trying to carry that into college, even as a young player, um, and wanting people to look to you for, uh, you know, to, to feel better and to feel confident about what's going on. You know, even I remember going to play UConn in college and it was like, people are looking at me like, all right, we're good. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're good. We got this. We got this guys. No, no problem. And it was like, and I remember kind of laughing at halftime, like, all right, we, we might still got this, but like, it's not. It's not in the bag, guys. Right, right. Needless to say, it didn't end well, but <laughs> but it was fun. Well, I love it that you brought up leadership and leading because, you know, obviously, at the I, I believe, generally speaking, for most athletes, the basis of why we play our sport is because we have fun. Like, and there's that connection to it. But for me, at least when I played football for the years that I did, it was more than just fun. It was more than just uh, competing it for me. Like the why, if you will, was, was to lead. I mean, that was, I get to lead. I get, and that was like, there was so much, I don't know. There was so much uh, exhilaration and, yeah. and satisfaction to it. Absolutely. And there's like a, I feel like the camaraderie piece is huge, yeah. but feeling like you can, you can positively affect the group is like, wow, what, and I was going to use the word power and I don't mean power. I mean, influence, right? right. Like yeah. I definitely don't mean power over people. I mean, influence upon people, like to be yeah. able to, to be oh. able to shift somebody in a positive direction is really inspiring. Yeah. And being in service while you're doing it, it's just, exactly. it's huge. It's huge. Now you talked a little bit about, you know, glory. Cause I mean, why not talk about the glory parts of our, our journey? Right. Exactly. So when you think about, um, you know, at all levels that you played with your basketball career, um, what was your proudest moment? Wow. That's hard. My proudest moment would probably this, this is kind of going to sound crazy because it's not really about glory at all. My proudest moment was definitely making it back from my first ACL surgery and, and playing competitively again. Um, I know people do it all the time. Um, and I knew that at the time, but I still in the middle of it was like, Oh my God, am I really like, I got to be able to do this again. Like I have to make it to the top of the mountain again, you know? And, and that's when I, so I did a fifth year. I tore my ACL my senior year in college and then was able to do a fifth year. And 
it was a really interesting transition because uh, our coach left, a new coach was coming in. I was technically graduating. And so she didn't, the new coach coming in, didn't have enough scholarships to give me back mine. And I had to find a new school. So it was a lot of kind of moving parts. And even at that time, when I kind of was asking for my scholarship back, I was still on crutches and not even able to, to show this coach that anything that I could do. So to me, I was just so proud that I, and I was, you know, like I said, away from my family on the other side of the country, like reaching out to every school in New England that, that might have a scholarship available for the next fall, which, you know, it, that was a long shot. Like all those schools have already booked up everything. They're, they're locked in. Um, so, you know, really kind of fulfilling that and like getting to a new school in the fall and like having a, another full scholarship, like, wow, Amanda, like, you can do hard things Like you can do th- that don't have to do physically with basketball. Like I kind of looked at myself, like you're a basketball player, like just go play basketball. And that's kind of all, that's all you can do. And to be able to kind of get through that adversity, I, that to me made me the proudest. Wow. That's beautiful. And, and I know what that, I mean, I went through it with my injury, yeah. but considering that we're, we're talking about injury, uh, the psychology of injury, Cause I know this, I went through it. I, I coach people through it. I see people from afar that have to deal with it. There's, there's just a lot of emotional and mental stuff you deal with. Absolutely. And I, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. What, what, did you, and what did you like, what were some, what was some of the stuff that you were dealing with and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I, that I, I didn't realize at the time what was going on. I most certainly did not know what, how to pinpoint those emotions and those feelings. And a lot of that can be probably traced back to what I used to think mental toughness was, uh, you know, about not showing emotion and like, don't, you know, don't talk about it. Don't whatever. It was kind of like game face all the time. Um, and I look back on that senior year and I was absolutely experiencing depression for sure. I was, I lost a ton of weight and I just contributed to the surgery. I was like, Oh yeah. Like I'm, you know, the surgery took all the muscle out of my leg. And I was like, no, 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 you shouldn't be dropping like pant sizes. Like, you know, I'm like, right. no, this, this is crazy. As I'm, I, you know, I think I turned like 25 or 26 and I looked back on it as like a 21 year old and I was like, oh no, something was wrong. And I, um, I had a really hard time and I, it was also in the middle of the season and in the middle of winter, which people will roll their eyes, but I was a Southern California girl and I was in new England freezing my butt off. And both the teams that I was the closest with the men's and women's basketball teams, um, uh, my team and the men's team were gone. They were traveling all the time. And I didn't get to travel with them. And that was like a gut punch to me. I was like, wow. I was like a senior on the team. I was like, what do you mean? I like, I, I, I could go on the bus trips, but I couldn't go on the plane rides. And I was like, and that was like every weekend. I was like, oh my God, this is, it just felt like I wasn't a part of the group anymore. And that it, it would just strip everything from me. And I, like I said, at the time, I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, you're just sad because you don't get to play. And it's like, yeah, that's not all it was, though. That it was, it was a lot more than that. It was like, I lost my team. I lost the relationship with my coach. I was by myself all the time. I wasn't eating as much as I should have been because I wasn't working out at all. I was just doing rehab. Um, so it changed a lot. Um, and, the, and like I said, the only reason I was able to see that later was because I actually tore my ACL a second time. Um, while I was coaching with the, with high school girls, I was coaching high school girls, and I was playing pickup with them and I tore it same knee. And I kind of hopped off the court. I knew exactly what happened right when it happened. And in that recovery process, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so different. Like, I feel so much more powerful. I feel like I know what to expect. I can control my emotions in a, in a healthy way. I can also acknowledge them. I was not acknowledging them before. 
Um, and so it, it was a little bit of a blessing to have it happen twice because now I feel like, okay, I can do this. I can totally do this. And I know, I know what the bad feelings look like and I know how to, how to sit with them, but also how to kind of move along a little bit. Um, yeah. and that was, that was tough at the beginning. Oh, I bet. You know, it's funny when you, when you talk about the second time, um, because I, you know, I had two surgeries on my hip from football and the first one, I, I didn't handle it well. My body didn't handle it well. And I think there was something deeper I, I spiritually and, and emotionally. I wasn't getting prepared for a major hip replacement. Right. It was the second time where I did, did way different stuff and got ready for it. So I think like you gain wisdom from some of this stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? You know, and, and I go back, it's funny when you talk about not being with your team and, you know, still when you're growing up, uh, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, that stuff is, it's important to stay connected. Um, and I think we're seeing that now with the pandemic is it, it's really important just to stay connected. And when I hurt my finger in junior college and I was out for the rest of the season, that's one thing when I go back to my career, like what was one thing I could have done differently or I wish I would have done differently was just to be at every practice, be in every meeting, be, I went to every game, but I wasn't really connected and that to me, when I look back at that, that kind of bothers me Right. But when you look back and some people say there's nothing they regret, there's nothing they would change, but if there was something you could change in your career, what would that be? Um, I think as I look back, I mean, you know, like you said, everyone's kind of the whole like no regrets attitude and mindset, but I, I think I, it's interesting. I absolutely loved Rhode Island so much and I've made some of my closest friends. And then I did a fifth year at UMass Lowell where I made even more of my closest friends and it was unbelievable. I think if I would have changed anything, it would have probably been allowing myself to take all five of my visits. <laughs> that sounds kind of crazy, but like, I think I, I think I just was so excited that I, that I loved my first one. And I was like, let's, let's do it. Let's go here. It's awesome. And it worked out wonderfully. But I think, and that's kind of me pulling, pulling something, you know, and kind of forcing it, but because I truly loved where I went and what I experienced. Um, but I also know that the advice to every high school athlete is to, if you have five, like take all five um, and just kind of see, because I guess I, 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 I would like to have seen, seen the country a little bit more. Granted, I wasn't going out outside of the country, but like to see other places I had spent most of my life in Southern California. Didn't really know much different. I will say I'm thrilled that I went as far as I did. I'm thrilled that I went to a place that's drastically different. Um, but I think about how much different it could have been from Rhode Island. Now that I've been to, you know, a ton of other cities and experienced a little bit more life, how cool would that have been to see that at 18, even just for the sake of a weekend trip, you know, oh, like yeah. it just would have been, yeah. I feel like it would have really shaped kind of how I looked at my college experience at Rhode Island, even if that was the choice I made. Um, it probably would have made it that much more special. Totally. Absolutely. Well, you and I both know, I think every athlete knows this, you get something from sports, like whether it's leadership skills, communication skills, uh, understanding how to deal with success and failures and competing and all that stuff. So and we're going to segue into what you're doing now with your company. But if you were to look back at your career, what is that one thing that you got from basketball? that is uh, uh, allowing you to be the entrepreneur that you are right now? Man, that list is long. It is super long, but <laughs> I would probably say the most important one is learning how to lose, learning how to get hit and keep moving. 
Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, I say lose relatively because right now there's, it, there's no wins and losses anymore, but there's, there's small wins and small losses. And you have to kind of keep those in perspective, but like learning how to have a, a bad day or a bad, you know, whether it's a bad day of signups or somebody didn't follow through on what they're supposed to do or certain things didn't get done or whatever. Um, and being able to keep moving. Like, I, I feel like I have this vision of like, when I was in college, the vision was like a conference championship. We are trying to get a conference. And no one was unclear about what the vision was. Everyone knew exactly <laughs> what we were going for. Right. And, and now I'm like, I know what I'm going for. And I, so, I mean, even, I mean, again, the list is long, the goal setting, being able to, you know, stay steadfast to what you want to do, but be, really being able to get knocked down and be like, Oh, that, that was nothing. Like we're still right. moving. We're still moving. So that that has been, and I only say that because I only attribute that to my athletic career because I've seen so many people with like the slightest level of adversity or like things not going their way for like five minutes. And it's like, you know, all hell breaks loose. And it's like, oh, I can't do this. And it's like, all the odds are against me. And this is so, you know, and I, I think athletics has truly helped me see that like, there's nothing that you can't do with like, with the brain that you have and the skills that you have and like, there's a lot of things I don't know, but in right. the world today, there is a way to figure it out. Trust me. Like right. if you want to do it, you can do it. That's the truth right there. You no, know? that's the truth. Well, I think it's, it's a great point you bring up because, um, having a relationship with failure, um, or mistakes, cause there's a lot of people look at that word. Like some people are like, well, failure, failure doesn't exist. It's just an opportunity. Right. So it all depends on how you look at it. But at the end of the day, you and I know starting a company, there are a lot of things that, that will demotivate you or you'll question, why am I doing this? Uh, Is it worth it? You know, can I leave my day job to do this? Like a lot of, a lot of internal chatter that, that that Uh, happens. And that can be dangerous, right? I mean, and that's another thing. Uh, Thank God you mentioned that. Like just being able to train that person in your mind to be able to be an ally to be able to be on your side and and be your supporter, because we all know that you get into it for the right reason. And you get into it because you're confident that it's going to, that it's going to go the way you think it's going to go. But that, that chatter can really kind of turn against you sometimes and being able to control that and being able to make sure that that little person in there is like, is, is your friend <laughs> and is on your side and believes in what you're doing. Totally. Um, yeah, that's super important. It's huge. I always say build a, build awareness around your inner dialogue so you can talk to it and not listen to it. Cause as soon as you listen to it, you're in the effect of it. And then a lot of shit can happen. So yeah. it's just about empowering yourself and, and having that awareness so you can talk to it. Like, okay, I know I'm going down a negative road or I know that I'm not being positive right now, but let's just, let's, let's reframe it. Right. Let's change right. it a little bit. I love that talking to it instead of listening to it. That's like, that's key right there. It's huge. It's yeah. a skill, but it's huge. Right, right. Well, I'm sure it takes practice. Right. <laughs> Definitely not an overnight thing. So let's talk about your company, Playoff. It's a dating app. It's like, tell me, tell my listeners about it and what motivated you to, to make this company. Yeah. Um, so Playoff is a dating app. It is designed specifically for current and former college and professional athletes. Um, and it started because dating was hard for me. <laughs> um, it started because <laughs> I was on all those generic dating apps. Um endlessly swiping to try to find somebody who I thought might understand me, um, might kind of share a similar life perspective. Um, I always kind of valued my athletic experience as part of the way I navigate the world and the way I handle adversity, like we kind of talked about. And so I would love to be able to share life with somebody who feels the same way. Um, 
And I, I kind of realized that there was no app out there like that. And it took me probably, I don't know, a month or so to convince myself that I could be the person to make that. Um, again, back to that inner dialogue, my dialogue was like, right. what is wrong with you? Like right. you, you have no experience in tech, like, like, like get off your high horse, relax. Right. And then I was like, no, I could, I could figure out how to do this. Um, and yeah, it took me, it took probably three to four months to find a developer who I literally just found on LinkedIn. Um, I kind of interviewed a few people, found someone with a quote that I felt comfortable with and went with it. And it took three to four months to develop the app. Um, it launched in December of 2017. So it's just about three years old. Um, and we launched a new version in October of 2020, which is significantly, uh, better functions, functionality wise, interface wise, it's just much better than the previous version. So we are currently, um, growing every day. We are, it's available worldwide. And, um, most of the users right now are in the U S but we're over 20,000 downloads so far. So it's rocking and rolling in the right direction. Um, and I'm just trying to keep it growing every day. I love it. I love it. What do you think is so far that you've been on this journey? What do you think is what's been the hardest thing you've had to deal with and what's been the most rewarding? Oh, the most rewarding I'm going to go to first because that is so rewarding. I, I first thought, Oh my gosh, I'm going to like find myself, my, my person, I'm going to, you know, find a husband on here. It's going to be so great. And in, and then as I kind of got started, some success stories started happening. And I was like, Oh my God, this is like a million times better than me finding somebody. Like I was able to facilitate this and you guys are happy. And I just thought, Oh my God, this is incredible. So I, I think my, my just, I'm just so proud of the, the gratification that I receive from any, you know, positive feedback of somebody's experience on the app, being able to find somebody, um, you know, if you're still with this person or whatever, success stories are just like, they just warm my heart so much. It's so amazing um, to be able to connect people from all over the world who agree that that shared life experience to them is really important. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, that's really nice to hear. Um, in terms of the biggest challenge, I would say it's probably imposter syndrome and just kind of assuming like that, that inner dialogue again, it'll get you, it'll get, it'll freaking get you. Um, but just kind of telling myself that I don't belong in the tech world telling myself that I've never really been an entrepreneur. So I don't really, it's not, you know, or that I, or, I mean, never really that I can't do much beyond basketball. I know that I'm more than, you know, just a basketball player, but because I hadn't really tried to venture out, it's really easy to convince yourself that it, it that you're, that you're nuts, right. That it's like not really for you. Um, when realistically I got degrees in college and finance and marketing and had no interest in being in like sitting in an office behind a computer and like working for a company. So to be able to be my own boss, I think it was always something I, I was looking for, like wanting to do, but I never really saw, that was always kind of an abstract thought. I never really saw that as a, as a real tangible thing. Um, so I think the biggest challenge is like reminding myself that I belong and that I'm building something that is valuable and that people want and, and that I can continue to grow it. And I don't need to like assume that I'm not capable, you know? Right. Right. Well, when you think of the, you know, all your community, all the users, is there a sweet spot as far as like, or what is the sweet spot as far as um, the user base? Is it college? Is it more collegiate? Is it professional? Yeah. So right now it's a little bit of a mixture. The sweet spot's probably between the ages of like 20 and 26, 27. Um, so you definitely still have some current athletes. Um, and, but majority are maybe like fresh out of college. Um, 
although I am kind of starting a, a much bigger push towards current athletes, um, because current, current college athletes and current professional athletes who are obviously in a little bit of a younger demographic. Um, I just turned 34, so I'm definitely not in that demographic, but they are kind of the people who drive, who, who move the needle in terms of what's popular and unpopular. You know, they're deciding like, Hey, let's get on TikTok instead of Snapchat, or let's do this instead of that. And so I think, um, you know, having the buy-in from that crowd who obviously will also become former athletes as they, as the years go by, um, I think having the buy-in from that group, um, is incredibly important and it's really cool to get the feedback from them because I always kind of thought, well, like current athletes aren't going to need to be on the app because they're not having any, you know, trouble dating. Like they're, they're around athletes still all the time, you know, especially on their college campus and the feedback, the overwhelming feedback that I've gotten has been, um, actually I'm not on any dating apps, but like, I'll definitely be on this one because it's for me. And so there's like a, there's like a loyalty to it because a, it was created by an athlete, but it's specifically for them. So I think that's really exciting to hear, um, that they see the value in that. So although, uh, they might not need it as badly as other people, um, (laughs) they're definitely still willing to try it. Right. (laughs) Is there like, when you think about, um, you know, there's all these different kinds of features with, with dating apps. Is there something, uh, that's unique to yours? Yeah. So the, I would say the most special thing about playoffs is that there's a verification process. So every athlete has to prove that they competed at the junior college level or beyond. Um, and through that, you have to submit a link to your athletic bio and then a, a selfie proving that you are who you say you are. Um, and I think what's interesting about that is like, eventually I would love to get to the, you know, facial recognition technology and be able to kind of implement that. But it's just something that a lot of dating apps can't provide, which is like a peace of mind in knowing that like I am talking to who this person says they are. Like right. I, I'm talking to this real person. If this guy said he played tennis at Duke, like I can rest assured that that did happen and that <laughs> right. you know his name is John or whatever. Um, right. And I think the internet is a scary place. The internet is a really scary place. And I think any level of like security and, and peace of mind and safety um, in knowing that that you, you know, are, are talking to the person you think you're talking to, um, I think is really valuable. Um, and I think dating apps are kind of trending in that direction and starting to, to go that route. Although with the more generic apps, it's almost impossible to do because it's just not foolproof, right? It's just not something that there, there's always going to be people out there who are trying to kind of get around those limitations. Right. So I think that's the one really cool thing about playoff is that you know, you know who it is in front of you on that screen, which is totally. kind of nice. It's yeah, it is nice. Um, cause I've had a, a fair amount of friends where they've, you know, the picture looks really nice. And then when they meet them in person, it's different. Yeah. Not, not quite the same. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's hard. So how can my listeners learn more about your app, get on your app and learn more about you and connect with you? Yeah. Um, playoff is available in the app store and on Google play. So it's available for Android or iOS. Um, you can also visit the website, playoffdatingapp.com or follow us on Instagram at, at playoffdatingapp. Um, and I'm happy to have anybody get in touch with me personally. I am Amanda McGrew on LinkedIn and you can contact me directly at amanda at playoffdatingapp.com. If you have any questions, I'd be thrilled to connect with you, tell you more about the app, um, hear your story or just hear what you got to say, answer any questions. I'm happy to connect with everybody. 
Awesome. Amanda, this was awesome. I love your energy. I love what you're doing. Um, and thank you so much for sharing your, your mindset and your journey. This was, this was a treat. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I was so happy to be here. I'm glad we got to chat. It's been awesome. Awesome. <laughs>